0: I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And today I have a great friend and mentor in many ways, uh, Dean Murphy with us. Dean serves as an elder with the church at uh, Bear Valley, Bear Valley Church of Christ in Denver, Colorado. And so, Dean, I I just want to thank you for taking time to, to be a part of this and uh, just thank you for being a part of my life in many ways.
1: Man, it's always good to see you.
0: I'm happy to be here and happy to have a conversation. Well, I, I'm excited about the things that you're going to share with us because I know that congregation at Bear Valley has been in a lot of ways through this pandemic that has affected everybody across this country and really on, on a global basis. But uh, getting different perspectives has been very helpful in learning what congregations are doing and how elderships are working through some of the challenges that exist because of the pandemic. And so as we kind of get into that, if you would take some time and kind of share with us uh, some information about the congregation, maybe some of the demographics of the congregation and talk a little bit about how this pandemic has affected them.
1: Sure, so uh, Denver is not the Southeast. And I think that's a bit of a difference maker right up front. Uh, It's a bit more mission-minded, I think, in the part of the country where we are there are not churches of christ on every corner so there's some challenges i think around that specifically and bear valley has a long-standing history of 60 or 70 years of being in a, this specific location and sort of a, a mainstay for the area in some ways um, so there's some responsibility i think that comes with with that as well so all those things are things we think about when we think about you know how do we move the congregation forward the best we can the makeup of the congregation is probably pretty typical we have a pretty significant set of folks that are uh, a bit older, a fair amount in the middle and a fair amount of young folks too. So we've got uh, got a really nice cross section of folks. Uh, that also obviously when you start thinking about pandemic response uh, creates some some challenges. Uh, how do you make sure that you keep your senior folks safe uh, while still providing what what we need to to, to stay whole as a congregation. So um, so anyway, that, that gives you a little bit of a sense of, of sort of what we have there.
0: Sure. So how have the elders responded to that? I mean, in in direct relationship to the fact that there is such a, a diversity of people that are part of the congregation and the pandemic obviously has had a major impact uh, in many ways. How have the elders responded to that? What kind of things have they put in place to, to help the congregation deal with and adapt to and, and move forward through this? Let me, let me walk it back a bit, and I'll, and
1: I'll kind of give you a sense of how we started working through this. Um, and as you know, March was one thing, but July was a very different thing. And the, the problems in our country, I think, have compounded over the last year. And that's part of what we've had to keep in mind, right? We've tried to assess where are people and why. And how can we sort of work with that to, to make things better for everybody, every opportunity we get? Uh, but people get very, very uncomfortable with change and very uncomfortable with significant change and you, when you don't know the outcome. So there's a, there's a sense, as you know, Bob, I mean, everybody feels this, right? There's a sense of unrest in our country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: both politically, spiritually, physically. I mean, there's just a lot of sort of uncertainty in people's minds and that's a that's a a stressor it's one thing if you do that for a month it's something else if you do it for a quarter but now it's been almost a year and that really begins to weigh on people and part of what we've tried to 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 do is when we've looked into things that we we think about and things we're we're planning is to say where are people really and let's ask ourselves that question hard because frankly we're like everyone else right It, it gets tiresome for all of us. Um, so, going back to March, we saw that we, we were fortunate that we have a couple of folks that are in and around healthcare um, that sort of helped us with some perspective. We saw some of this coming maybe a little sooner. But we were prepared pretty quickly to be able to shut some things down if we needed to, which we did early. Um, it's also interesting that this pandemic has turned political. And as you've probably heard from other folks around the country, People sort of take sides with whether the pandemic is what it really is or not, and how should we respond to that. Um, It's caused sort of a friction between spiritual liberty and individual liberty relative to our country, our civic liberties. So there's a lot of confusion, I think, in people's minds over how to rectify all that. How does it all work together? Um, So that's a lot of what we've, we've thought about and talked about as we've sort of moved forward with you know, some plan to get through the year. Uh, we, we did pretty early, uh, shut the building down completely. And it's a little bit of a challenge for us. We're in the city and county of Denver area, which uh, back to the political piece, is much more apt to tighten rules up faster and make things you know really locked down. So they really locked it down in the building because of its location although a vast majority of our members don't live in that county necessarily, uh, the facility location caused us to have to really uh, be careful about how we did things. And, and, um, and as you as you know, this is part of the challenge too, right? So there are a couple of things that we are required to do as Christians. One is, unless we're being impeded to follow God, we have to follow the rules. And we've been careful to try to do that as best we can. Uh, and then secondly, sometimes you're going to get disagreements about these things. And then you have to say, well, we're sorry to the few of you that may not understand, but this is what we're going to do as a leadership group because we think it's best for the whole. So there's been some of those sorts of conversations along the way. Uh, in large part, the congregation has been very supportive. Uh, they've been very good about um, asking questions and saying, hey, here, I'm thinking this. What do you think about that? So, so I think we've had good dialogue along the way, but it, but it has been challenging. To shut things down for as long as we
0: did. So I'm assuming that the congregation is meeting back in the building and has that, uh, and what ways has that been adapted in order to meet regulations and to keep people connected to uh, their time in worship and, and working uh, in an assembly? Yeah, so part of the challenge with this thing too is the rules keep changing, right? You're
1: into one plan and about halfway through the plan, the city and county changes the rule. And all of a sudden you think, well, wait, wait, wait. Now we have to back up. And then there's been a lot of conversation around are churches even covered? Are they not? Uh, There've been lawsuits in Colorado regarding that. So there's lots of, there's lots of moving parts, if that makes sense. So we sort of early on said, look, we want to try to follow social distancing guidelines. Uh, We want to try to make sure that we're getting this place clean between folks coming in and out. So we've got people that are helping us do all of that. So we've got a crew of cleaners, we've got folks that are ushers and their job is sort of make sure where people sit, that makes sense. We've roped off, taped off actually with ugly blue tape, places all over the building, sit here, don't sit here, um, to try to to keep people socially distanced both forward and back and laterally. Um, In doing so, that brings us to about 150 to 160 people that we can get in there at max. Well, the challenge is, Our membership prior to all of this, we were at about 310 to 325 every Sunday. So we're roughly half. So we split that into two services so we could stay within that number. And we sort of put some criteria around who we'd like to see in the first service and who we'd like to see in the second service. That has not been as easy to do because some people say, well, I kind of like getting up a little later. And other people say, well, I like going to that service because my good friends are there and I want to be able to see them. And so there's been a little bit of slide between all of those, those groups that we've asked to meet in early and late services. But overall, you know, it's worked well. And I think we've stayed below the number. Um, we've asked people to, you know, do things like dismiss from the back. The ushers will come through. Don't get up until people behind you are moving their way out. Try not to just hang out in a giant group in the lobby. That's what we like to do. That was way easier when it was warm. But in Colorado, <laughs> it's really not warm right now. So that's been a little challenge. So that's some of the things we
0: Took into account and, and thought through. So, I, I know initially because I, I watched Corey do some of his lessons online, and 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 I think most congregations across the country went to Facebook Live and some online type approach to their lessons, and 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 not always, but sometimes conducting worship service. Uh, I know Bear Valley did that some. I don't know if they're still doing that. I, and I was wondering. How that impacted the congregation and how they uh, and part of this is is connected to what I've heard people refer to as the pajama generation, uh, where you've got a lot of folks who really liked worshiping at home in their pajamas. And uh, and so now it's kind of like, OK, how do we get people back in, in the building and, and together in and, and the assembly? And so tell me a little bit about how Bear Valley has experienced that, how the online approach impacted everybody and and how that's working.
1: Yeah, and that's a that's quite a kettle of fish. So people have very different perspectives about this, right? Right. Some people say, I would not walk into that building with all those people in it on a bet. We offer an online service for that. And we, we started out with just doing a portion, and then we expanded that. I mean, our sense was, look, if you want to partake of the Lord's Supper with your family, you should be able to do that online. Like, why couldn't we do that? So we, we just sort of expanded until we now have the entire service streamed, all, all parts. Um, but there are people that are not going to come in that building until this is over. And there are other people who say, well, this is silly. It's overkill. We should just meet. It's fine. So sort of you have to sort of go between those two and find sort of a sweet spot in the middle, right? And, and I think that's what we've, we've tried to do. Uh, but I will tell you there certainly is some ramifications that I don't understand yet, Bob, and I'm I'm not sure what will happen. And there's some concern about that. We're better when we're together and, and physically, and, and we're hoping that as we get toward the middle of the year, probably end of Q2, that we begin to see a little bit of a you know a loosening and, and we can start getting people back together. Um, but but it's a real challenge. And and as, as an elder, my job is to keep up with these people and to know what's going on with them. Well, it's hard to do that. I mean, between the two services, we'll see about 150 people physically. That's roughly half. Online, I can look and see who signs in and watches live with us and tell you there's probably another 100. Uh, By the end of the day on Sunday, we'll have as many as 200, 225 unique views. A lot of those people are not members of Bear Valley which is really cool that other people are watching like you, right? But at the same time, I don't know who they are. And so we've got a a group of probably 75 or so. Uh, We don't see, we think they watch sometimes and are on, but we're not sure. So it's really hard to keep up with specifics like that. Um, We've sort of split the list of the congregation up and we make calls and send emails, checking on people, seeing how they're doing, uh, that sort of thing. Most people seem to be doing okay. But it's gonna be an impacting thing come what August, right? And and we'll see how that affects the church. I, I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful right. that it's and if you read anything from the economic side, there's a, a pent-up demand conversation going on. That you know, people are really missing going to the movies. And there likely is going to be a giant upswing of people going to the movies when they can again because they haven't been able to. So we're hoping that there's a pent-up demand here. People will say, man, I finally get to get back together with the people I'm closest to and that matter most to me,
0: and and
1: then they'll be in there. So that's our hope.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned also that earlier about the the, the fluid nature of how the regulations and the restrictions have, have just constantly changed, and, and they're going to continue to. I, I know Colorado is experiencing the same thing everyone else is as far as seeing spikes in the cases, and it's, it's a day-to-day thing. So, how have the elders? What ways are they using to communicate to the members and to help them stay informed as to the updates and and what how that's affecting the church and, and their assembly and, and all of that?
1: Yeah, I'm, it's all almost all electronic. I mean, we have a sort of a bulletin item that we we send out. It's electronic and paper. We put it on our website. It's on the Bear Valley Facebook page. Um, as Jimmy Buffett calls it, the coconut telegraph, where it gets around <laughs> through, you know, tin cans and string. I'm not sure how it gets around, but sometimes it does. Um, so there's lots of ways that we use it to, to, to put it out there. And folks have become accustomed to that now. You know, early on, I think it was sort of interesting because a lot of people don't digest that in, their information that way. And they were saying, well, we didn't know what's going on. Well, we we can't come to all of your houses and tell you we have to put it in these mediums and then you can go a- access it. So right. I think a lot, of pe- a lot of
0: people have really begun to do that now or are anticipating it. So, so you, you found that it's been effective in being able to get the message to most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One last thing I, I want to touch on and 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 we'll kind of wrap this up this session. Uh, I know that there have been members in the congregation either personally who have been infected by the virus or uh, family members who have been infected by it. And I'm assuming that there have been some who have lost their lives uh, to it. How how has the congregation, how have the elders been instrumental in providing for and taking care of of those situations? How do they meet the needs uh, when that happens and, and how do they help those families during that time?
1: You know, it's been sort of interesting, Bob. We haven't had a lot of, at least in my perception, a lot of need around, we have COVID, come help us. Uh, we've had folks that have lost jobs and we've had folks that have been scaled back in such a way that they're having trouble making ends meet. Um, and we have some some extra dollars we set aside to do that sort right. of ministering right now because we, we think that there's that we're not done with that. Uh, that's been one way we've helped, Um, you know, a lot of it has been around the protocol of what happens then, right? So if Bob Turner comes into the building and a week later, he says, I've got COVID, well, then what? So we've had situations where we've had to sort of do contract tracing ourselves and reach out to people and say, we don't know it. We are not sure of it, but we think you were in a position you might have been exposed, uh, treated as such. We've asked people to quarantine, and not come to the building after they've gone certain places or done certain things on occasion, or after they've been exposed. We'd like them to stay away for a couple of weeks. We've personally, in some cases, isolated ourselves when we've done something that we we'll try to hopefully set the right example to say, you know, we, we know we, we personally could be exposed just like anyone else. And if that is the case, then we should we should follow the same protocol. So um, there's been a lot of that. I, I think it's interesting though, you know, the whole case counting mentality that we have in our country right. to say, how many cases today? How many cases today? I think we were part partially in the middle of that early. Um, and then after a while, enough people have had it. You just go, okay, are they okay? Are they doing okay? Are they recovering? Because yeah. a lot of people have had it. Uh, we've been very fortunate. To the best of our knowledge, no one has been exposed through the facility and, and gotten it. Uh, people have gotten it in other ways. We've lost a couple of folks that were in uh, retirement centers, something like that, that were exposed in different ways. Right. But one of the things we were really cognizant of is we don't, we don't want to be the ones to, to, to do that. Like if, if we can help from being the place where it's spread, that'd be good. Uh, we also don't want to be on the front page of CNN, you know, on the website saying, look at what this church did. You know, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, So we've tried to be careful with that and tried to keep folks safe. Uh, But the real challenge on the backside of this is the spiritual health of people. And it's especially hard for our older people who are by themselves, really hard. So, you know, trying to support those folks is a real challenge. They're good about supporting one another,
0: uh, but but that's a real challenge. And hoping it's over sooner rather than later for that reason. Well, and I we're going to explore that some more in our next session, so I appreciate you bringing that up now. It'd be a good transition because we'll, we're will we going to dig into that more uh, next time as we talk about some of those areas, but I want to thank you again for taking time to, to visit with me and to share some of the things that are going on there, and I think it's just great for people to have such a different perspective of what's going on in the various congregations across the country because I know it's going to be helpful to to everyone to be able to see what's going on. So thank you for doing that. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I appreciate you taking time to listen in uh, and join us again. We're going to talk with Dean some more in our next session. So join us at that time. God bless.